Welcome to Alchemy Imagined, where we explore transformation when life meets tech, culture, and civics in a rapidly changing world. I'm your host, Sierra Golding, and today we're going to be talking about a woman's place in the digital era. So let's start off by talking about where women are. Users across social media platforms are predominantly women. 76% of women in the U.S. use Facebook, with only 66% of men. Pinterest takes the cake when it comes to female users, with a third of U.S. women using its platform compared to only 8% of men in the U.S., More than half of the Earth's population today is on social media of some kind, and it's defining entire generations. So why is this relevant to women? A study in 2015 by McKinsey, a consulting firm, found that if women participated in the labor force, identical to men, it would add $28 trillion to the global GDP. Digital spaces, including social media, might just change that and give more equal footing to women across the globe. A computer research company in Qatar found that countries with large gender equality gaps had women with heavier online presences. One example showed that women in Pakistan on Twitter had more than double the following of men in the same country. Granted, visibility is not a one-and-done ticket to equality, as sometimes harassment and other structured social repressions follow women closely, regardless of whether or not their presence is digital or in real life. Especially after powerful women's movements across social media in the last few years, the feminine presence in digital space is undeniable. Movements like Hashtag Me Too, the Women's March, and Free the Nipple campaigns were not only women, but women that manifested their collective power to create change. Me Too started in the U.S. and swept across the globe with versions specific to other countries and cultures. In places like Brazil and other parts of Latin America, the hashtag was, tragically, my first time. These movements had real-world impacts as Afro-Brazilian women in 2015 organized in historic numbers to protest their inequality across a myriad of long-overlooked experiences. The female celebrities of Hollywood helped put away the infamous harasser Harvey Weinstein, which has started to redefine how young women in Hollywood are valued. Also, in the U.S., was the Women's March of 2017. It was the largest single day of protest in U.S. history. And last but not least, the Free the Nipple movement that fought female censorship of nipples was especially powerful for mothers sharing their experiences breastfeeding their children and changed policies for Facebook and Instagram globally. Even within these massive movements that employed digital spaces to create real change, there's a long way to go for women to have equality across the world. One place where the opportunity for change is only growing more present is in the leadership of technology. So 
Let's talk about where women are not. There are about 26 million people in the world that can develop software through code. That number makes up around 0.3% of the population. That means that the number of women that make up this field and help develop the tech that we interact with daily only makes up a third of a percent of the people who can develop software globally. This is something that I found to be shocking. I interact with code built by software developers every day in so many ways that I can't even quantify it. Caroline Criado Perez, the author of Invisible Women, Data Bias, and a World Designed for Men, touches on this idea in her book and a podcast episode for 99% Invisible. She emphasizes that the male perspective and view is the default. If you've ever been to a public bathroom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There is next to no line for the men's restroom, whereas the women are queued up wrapping around corners. As Caroline explains in an interview for her book, the male gaze is built into a staggering amount of the world. But safety is one area where you would think equality would be important. However, car crash test dummies are just varied sizes of model anatomical males. This makes it all the more interesting that women are 47% more likely than men to be injured in a car crash. She further explains that male experience is the base guideline for the symptoms of a variety of illnesses, medication symptoms, and otherwise. One such experience is heart attacks. The classic description of a heart attack is chest pain, shortness of breath, which is largely common knowledge. However, what is less common knowledge is that women may have drastically different symptoms, including but not limited to fainting, nausea, extreme fatigue, and pain in the upper abdomen and left arm making it more likely that they don't receive the proper care. On a lighter note, and a political one, the United States Congress currently has a record number of women in office. While this is great, it is still less than a third. Some of the more systemic problems, like the ones listed above, will likely involve legislation in the near future. Interestingly, it wasn't until, and I quote, a potty parity bill was passed in 2011 that female senators had another bathroom to meet the needs of the 20 women in the Senate. In fact, they didn't have a bathroom for female senators on the floor of the Senate until 1993. This is why it's absolutely essential for women to find their place in roles traditionally held by men but also aim for leadership positions so that we can keep up with the times that are changing at a dizzying rate. I think it's the combination of all of these factors that makes the fact that we're living in the age of information incredibly relevant. This information era has helped us develop technology that is rapidly transforming the world we live in. It is the very nature of how we communicate. It's how we learn, govern, and wage war. While women are stepping into and really holding some spaces like social media, the future currently lays in the hands of powerful men. 
There are two glaring examples of this. One is that only 12% of AI researchers are women. This means that machine learning is skewed, not because the male perspective is inherently one way or another, but because they aren't women. And the differences between us offer wholly different solutions for everyone involved. Making it all the more relevant when it's common to hear about female content from nipples to period products and photos and videos of birth being taken down most often thanks to an AI. Amnesty International even acknowledged that in spaces like Twitter, women are censoring themselves as they experience harassment in this online space. I do want to quickly further this by mentioning that the discrepancy between men and women in this field is not the only one that exists, as people of color are also widely underrepresented. There is a theory that I will hopefully discuss in a future episode that has been on my mind while developing and producing this podcast that describes the furious and exponential pace of technological advancement as it pushes humanity to a nearly unimaginable changing point called the singularity. Therefore, the question is, with technological power exploding exponentially year after year, largely in the hands and minds of mostly white men, where does it leave women and their data intersectionally? What will the future look like if we don't grow into these fields. So that brings us to the third part of the show today. Where are women going? The traditional answer for that, and the answer for that in the age of COVID, is, well, home. But while this thought might make the modern feminist shudder, it might just be the solution to the gender pay gap. I know, I know, it sounds crazy, but if women can use tech to work from home and create income in the same space that they have historically never been paid to be in, then we can not only lift women out of poverty, but give women in developed nations disposable income to get higher education, be civically engaged, and make their voices heard in their community through creative means that women often champion. Now, I must quickly touch on something here. While Etsy and women in STEM are idyllic role models of this digital era, it would be naive to not touch on the many women who have used digital platforms to sell the sexualized part of themselves. This is real income for many women, but it's far from picture perfect and it has its own problems. Partly because the women using the tech on quote-unquote secure platforms aren't making those secure platforms and are not in control of their data. But hopefully that will not only change but become merely a piece of the whole as women grow into digital spaces. There's actually some evidence that this dynamic growth is happening. The OECD, or the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, showed in a brochure put out in 2018 that women involved in ICT, or Information and Communication Technology, have higher skills and more readiness to learn. Subsequently, 
there's an increase in earnings of female workers with these skills, ranging from about 4% in Denmark to about 19% more in Korea. On average, though, it's still a change of about 12 percentage points. The increasing demand for ICT skills, which is willing to reward women proportionally more, could be a lever to narrow the gender wage gap. This is most likely short-term, as the labor market will eventually adjust to the increased supply of these skills. No matter what, though, encouraging women to pursue STEM and enhance and update their skills as the world changes is important to closing the gap and empowering equality in meaningful ways that start at the ground level of these systems. It's clear that there is much in this age of information that is driving censorship, oppression, and disparity across the world. Sudan, for example, watched censorship fall across the entire nation state in 2019 after a variety of organized protests started going viral. The image that proliferated across the internet before it went dark, however, was one of hope. As a 22-year-old engineering student stood on the top of a car in a white dress and hijab with her hand raised, talking to a crowd that was organized to come together through social media. I saw that image as a symbol of hope. And I think that hope only exists with women like her involved at all levels. This is without a doubt changing, as women do gain more power globally in social, economic, and political ways. But the rate of that change is what's in question. During this episode, we have seen where women have shown up by using digital spaces in ways to generate income and mobilize their voice. Where they're not, as censorship and lack of representation runs wild. And where we're going as the world changes. Thanks for tuning in to Alchemy Imagined, and we'll see you next time.